with Aaron, Polly, Wayne, Andrew, and featuring Tim Shaw. I think one thing we can all agree on is that if Grant Morrison and Rob Liefeld left the pages of DC Comics, we'd all be a lot happier. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so this week, Grant Morrison announced that he will be tying up his superhero work um, with DC Comics in, in 2013, which, you know, we knew he was wrapping up Batman Incorporated, I think, with issue 12. He says, I think he has um, six more issues on Action Comics, and then he's done uh, with Superman and Batman. And Rob Liefeld tweeted a link or tweeted uh, a note saying, I'll be the next one. Um, and I think you know that's primarily driven by the poor sales of the books that he took over. They're oh, probably no. next on the chopping block. To, to hear Rob Liefeld tell that those books are doing just fine. Well, yeah, I mean they're still around. They weren't canceled yet. Yeah, no, but he said that he's like he he has spectacularly increased the sales of Hawkman and whatever else that other book is that he's writing. And Rooster. you know that could all be true. That could all be true. But yeah, increase the sales on books that didn't exist before this and nobody cared about. Look, look, Wayne, when you go from selling 10 copies to 20 copies, that's a 100% increase. That's in right. right there. That's I mean, right. That's yeah. just math. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think we're, we're all – I mean, though Liefeld's characters, Hawkman, Deathstroke, and um, – Grifter. Grifter. I don't think any of us are really interested in, in those characters per se. Uh, you know, I think all of us are ready for a new creative team on Action Comics. And, uh, you know, I think in a future episode – or maybe a future uh, posting for uh, In Search of Superman, which we have right now on ideologyofmadness.com. I'm sure we can start debating some creative teams that uh, should be taking over the book because I'm actually excited about it. Uh, you know, as much as we may have liked the beginning of the Grant Morrison run, I think it's kind of just gone downhill. And I'm downhill ready for quickly. Well, and uh, unfortunately, the problem is Grant Morrison's. Grant Morrison was put on the title with basically saying you have control over the Superman franchise and unfortunately the other books have to tie in with whatever crazy ideas he has and I think that's hurting the other book the other Superman book as well uh, in fact uh, Aaron and I read Superman number 11 this week Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron what'd you think uh, this written and drawn by Dan Jurgens. I love me some Dan Jurgens, but man, you know, I, I I picked up the book. I've not been reading Superman Eleven. I don't think I've read Superman since uh, uh, since the Hellspont story. What issue four was the last time I think I read it? And I picked it up because on the cover it said "The Secret of the Suit Revealed," and uh, I've read that thing cover to cover. And I'm not exactly sure what secret was revealed. <laughs> Can you help yeah. me out there, Paul? I am so glad to hear you say that, too, because I almost bought the book just because of that cover, but I didn't. No, I don't. You know, th though the suit is revealed to have this kind of symbiosis type powers, um, you know, like uh, like Venom, essentially. Superman's suit is Venom, essentially. Uh, and, and, that's and, not... and, and I did actually get that vibe from the book. Yeah, and you know that's not really been established clearly in any of the other books. But it, I wouldn't call it a secret. You know, it's not something I knew was secret. It's not something that was really even a part of the story. It was just one page where he tears off his shirt, and you know, instead of you know, instead of the Superman symbol just being instead of his Superman costume just being there, it's the it's the the suit that transforms into the Superman costume. Um, and I thought that was an interesting. Dynamic, but haven't we seen but, that in other pages? I feel like I've seen that uh, elsewhere. You know, we saw we saw 
when he first got the suit, we saw that it did that. But it's okay. not really been established how it works or anything like that. And honestly, it, it isn't in this book either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I, I read issue 10, and uh, I don't remember if it had that or not, because so much happened in 10 that seemed to be jumping through three multiple timelines or time frames that I really don't remember what happened in 10. And, and you're like, I, to Action Comics 10, correct? Yeah. Action Comics then. Don't you feel like perhaps they would have sold more issues of this book had they uh, showed that it was going to be a Superman versus Predator issue? You, you think so? Because uh, I'm sorry, the the villain that he's fighting is Predator. <laughs> he's got dreadlocks. He's got the little you know pointy claws things. He's got the funny helmet. He, he the skin color is the same. I mean, he's fighting Predator. Yeah, 20th Century Fox should be getting a cut of this book because super we are seeing a Superman versus Predator mashup, <laughs> which we've already seen. Yes, but um, you know, I gotta say, despite the fact, despite the false advertising, I didn't think it was a horrible issue. Um, I, I liked, you know, so the, the the it's funny, but half of the issue is basically this dinner sequence, uh, a double date with uh, Lois Lane and her new boyfriend. The first time we've seen him since issue one, mind you, um, and Superman, well, Clark Kent and uh, Lois's sister. And uh, I enjoyed that sequence. You know, it, it's got like this awkwardness and, you know, Clark is trying not to like Lois's boyfriend, but he's a good guy. So he ends up liking him. You know, and of course, it's all interrupted by the thing that, you know, the predator. But, um, you know, I, I, I thought. I like some of the ideas that they have in the book. I just the execution is leaves a lot to be desired. I you know I, I I'm a big fan of Dan Jurgens and uh, really enjoyed the artwork on the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, he he uses two different styles in the book, which I which I, I thought was interesting. In the uh, scene where that Paul's describing, where they're having the dinner and and it's you know it's really a double date. It's you know. Clark and Lois uh, with their respective dates. Lois there with uh, with her boyfriend, and then her her sister Lucy is there, uh, and it, it does feel like Clark and Lucy are getting fixed up. Um, and what I liked about the the choices that Jurgens made is that it's almost drawn in a romance comic sort of style. There are these uh, very almost Sally Forth kind of panels on the page where it's just a it's a it's a big character study of the character as opposed to you know illustrating the action in the scene you are really having these kind of character moments and he's really drawing where the person is listening to the other person it's and it has this relationship romance comic uh, comic kind of feel to it in that first part of the book i thought it was very interesting i, th- I thought it was well done and you know i i feel like the story's a little better than what I was experiencing when I first started reading the series back, you know, uh, 10 months ago. Um, but boy, it, I, I only picked up the comic because it said the secret of the suit was revealed. And I was kind of curious about that. And I, as far as I can tell, there were no secrets revealed in this book. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, and you know what the sad thing is? All they had to do was remove that verbiage from the cover. 
Yeah, and it probably would, it probably would have helped my enjoyment of the book. Yeah, you know, and it's written and drawn by Dan Jurgens. You know, so Keith Giffen is already off the book after two is- or four issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's not a bad issue. Just don't go in expecting the secrets of Superman secret or right. Superman suit to be re- revealed because it's not going to happen. I have to <laughs> say, I really hate the redesign on the Superman suit. Really, I I've, I'm growing to like it. I don't as, like it well. as Dan Jurgens draws it. I don't like it one little bit. I, I just don't I don't see why Superman needs armor, um, you know, because him being super and all, um, I, I just I don't I don't I don't see the need for it, and I just I don't like how so many of the characters in the New Fifty Two look alike, you know, that you, when yeah. you put when you put Batman and Superman together, their design is so similar that it looks like they went to the same guy, you know. Yeah, I, don't like I, I would also did. say you take the mask off and uh, Superman and Aquaman are. Very similar faces with just different hair colors. And I think there's something to be said. And I know that they, they have you know killed off Superman's parents uh, in the New 52. But there's something to be said about Superman wearing the suit that his mom made for him. Okay. You know, I, think there's, I think there really is something to be said for that. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just an old comic book guy. And, and I, I like my, my original Superman origins. Uh, I'm just having a hard time giving that up. And I, and I just really don't care for the armor. So there you go. It, this sounds like a future conversation for perhaps an In Search of Superman podcast. It may be. It may be. So hold that thought, Aaron. Yes, sir. I'll shut up right now. <laughs> Rather, let's go ahead and talk about Amazing Spider-Man number 690, the penultimate chapter of uh, the Lizard storyline, No Turning Back. Um, what did you uh, – you know, Andrew hasn't spoken in a little bit. Andrew, what did you think? Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed uh... – Carly and and how her detective skills came into play in this. I like how uh, Kurt Connors interacted, especially with like Uatu, uh, and how it reminded him reminded him of his own son. And uh, like when he's playing video games, you see the lizard brain reacting to playing the video games. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I thought it was I, I thought the the down part was the Spider Man and Mobius fight. Uh, I I don't it went don't, on a little long. Yeah, it yeah. went on a little long. It, we really had gotten over that in the last issue. I don't. He they could have just started this one with him webbing him up, winning and moving on, and I would have been fine with that. That that dragged for me. That took away some enjoyment of it. But everything to do with the lizards back at Horizon Labs. It, yeah, I guess that's it. Maybe that's why I'm kind of stumbling for words here. The parts I enjoyed about this all I do with the lizard. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that Spider Man in it, I didn't really care for. That stupid Spider-Man ruining his book. They shouldn't call it Amazing Spider-Man. They should call it Stupid Spider-Man. Okay. So, (laughs) but but the whole storyline with Kirk Connors back at Horizon Labs, I really enjoyed. I I, I loved everything that happened at Horizon Labs. I have one one qualm. One qualm. You think they could have shown him going through a little more pain when he sliced off his arm three times yeah. in the same issue. <laughs> I love how he keeps, you know, he he's testing the serum. Oh, this didn't work. Let's try it on this guy. So he's making these lizards and locking them up in in labs. And you know, this isn't your dad's lizard. You know, this is these these guys are all you know man eaters. And so right. you know, he 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 turns uh, Mr. Modell into a lizard and locks him into his lab and you know turns the next the next scientist and so he's got you know all these different labs with newly created lizards on the serum that's not working and every time he injects himself he grows that arm back and he's damn it i can't walk out there with this grown arm because people will see hey 
Kurt Connors, aren't you supposed to be missing an arm? And so he keeps cutting him off. And Carly's like, <laughs> Carly runs into him at the end of the book and says, wasn't it your left arm that you're missing? <laughs> I laughed out loud. I, <laughs> that just cracked me up. Yeah, it, it really shows her, you know, she is a smart observant. She's a detective for a reason. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be Batman, though, to figure that one out. <laughs> well, it shows... Uh, I, I don't know, but it, it, then it shows Kirk Connors. You know, he doesn't even try to, like, you know, deny it. He's just like, he just stares at his arm, doesn't say anything, yells and runs off. I can just, I can just see Batman in that scene. Weren't you supposed to have the other arm off? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you don't have oh. to be a, uh, you know, a rocket scientist or Batman to notice that. But uh, other people in the issue didn't notice it before then. <laughs> It uh, it was and they, and they were rocket scientists exactly. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that that you don't necessarily think about all the time. You know, this movie. Or, God, we're st- it's been too long talking about the movie. This issue had one scene in it that, to me, is the epitome of a Spider-Man scene, and that's when he's rushing to Horizon Labs. The uh, everything's closing up smashes through the window and he's like, all right, I'm here. What's the emergency? And then finds himself surrounded by lizards. He's like, oh, never mind. Kind of self-explanatory. I like that the moment where the cop gave him the jacket. I did like that. I thought yeah. that was a nice yeah. moment. There were like so that. many true to Spider-Man moments in this issue. I, I love the issue personally. Timmy, what'd you think? Timmy's not back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did the like, the the licensed Avenger Spider Man. That's who. That's who's authority. Do it. <laughs> I mean, I still have the same issues with the art that I had in the previous couple of issues. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the end of the storyline. Uh, next issue, six ninety one, and you know, I, I'm curious as to how they'll wrap it up. You know, will he go back to being the lizard? Is Kirk Connors just going to be crazy? You know, or is someone else going to be the lizard? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm, well, I'm curious to see where it goes. And I like the I like the conflict. You know, the 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 whole premise of the story is that you know back in Grim, back in Sh- Shed. Uh, Shed, you know, uh, the Kurt Connors persona was destroyed by the lizard, and so here's the lizard trapped in a human's body, and he's being you know hit with all of these human senses, human experiences, and so now that he's quote perfected his serum. You know, he's asking himself the question, but do I really want this? You know, because he's discovered Doritos and he's discovered music and humor and, you know, video and games yeah, and video games. Yeah. Don't, yeah. But it was we could it couldn't have been Xbox. What the hell? Because um, <laughs> I mean, been PlayStation move. I mean, I would have liked to have seen the lizard go, ooh, this is we and it sucks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to be a lizard again. That's right. <laughs> this is this we is going to drive me back to being a lizard, and then eat Uatu. Um, so, I, I, I really like the conflict that we've got. And, you know, it's not just a monster story; it's the monster questioning whether or not he he wants to go back to being a monster. I just I love it. I, I think it's extremely well written. What I want to see for Carly's character is when we see the uh, the gunshots going off. I want her to have killed somebody there, and then they find the cure and start turning people back to humans, and have her dealing with the uh, the regret of killing someone that they could have saved. Yeah, yeah I want to see that story arc for the character. I think it would be a really cool character moment. I think that would be pretty dark. 
almost as dark as Justice League Dark. Oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. Uh, is- issue 11 came out this week. Uh, the third issue in the Jeff Lemire uh, storyline. And uh, Andrew and I are still reading this book. And uh, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I am loving the hell out of this book. I am still – this is very much the action sequence. They've kind of been building this storyline over the first two issues, and this is basically the big throwdown issue uh, between Faust and his Demons 3 in the Justice League Dark. And, I, yeah, I, I loved it. I think the art is beautiful. Uh, I think uh, Jeff Lemire is, is writing a great story, and, and it really works with the – I guess Mikhail Janin art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, guy, the art is fantastic. I'm surprised they get it out monthly. Um, no, it's just a really, you know, it's a fantastic book, and Constantine is probably one of the best written characters in DC Comics right now. Well, he's kind of funny. The writing is just such a bastard, and it yeah. just works so well. It does. I mean, it, you know, when he first came over to the DC Universe from Vertigo, you know, everyone was complaining about it, but I really think they've used the character well in this storyline. And, uh, you know, I'm on board. As long as Jeff Lemire is writing this book, uh, I'm definitely on board. Well, I love Doctor Mist. How when they when he's you know being charged with all this energy and all the little like uh, sigils and squiggly lines was by start to glow with that green light. I love how that looks on the page. Yeah, the the art is definitely a, a selling point on this book. So I mean, it's three issues in. I think that if you if you read them digitally, I believe the first issue of the storyline is probably a buck cheaper now. So it's only a buck ninety nine. Pick it up. I it, I highly recommend it. And uh, if you're a Jeff Lemire fan. What I didn't know is he wrote this week's National Comics Eternity, uh, number one. Uh, Jeff Lemire wrote it with art by Cully Hamner. Now, Aaron mentioned this in email last night. And I was like, holy shit, how did I not know that was the creative team? I would have picked up the book <laughs> on Wednesday had I known. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it until I saw a couple of mentions on uh, Twitter. So I bought it last night and read it this morning. I, I, I got to tell you, I thought it was a beautiful book. I really enjoyed Cully's uh, Cully's artwork on that book. Right, Cully is a talented artist, and we're all on a first name basis with him, apparently. Absolutely. <laughs> aren't, we, aren't we Twitter friends with him through uh, through Jake Ekus? Oh, we we are. You know, uh, you know, Jake, Jake has got a personal relationship with him. We've got a personal relationship with Jake. Ergo, personal relationship with Cully Hamner. Agreed. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it, National Comics Eternity tells the story. It's a it's an, a new anthology series from DC Comics, and Eternity is essentially a reboot of Kid Eternity, who is a a mortician. He, he's essentially the necropath. That's what I was thinking <laughs> as I read it. The whole seriously, time I'm, I'm like, yeah. this is necropath. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah, absolutely. They they ripped me off. Yep. Um, the character them. existed before Necropath. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa! Yeah, not comfortable. With where, yeah, we're not comfortable with where you're going there, Wayne. <laughs> Next thing you'll say is Riptide is based off of Aquaman. Whoa! <laughs> uh, Riptide. We're, we're, we're uh, foreshadowing season two of Knights of Rainsboro there, um, but uh, basically, this character he he can pull the souls of dead folks out of limbo and try to solve their murders. And, um, I, I think and he's it, got it, a it, real short period of time to do it. Yeah. Uh, before their, their souls basically go one way or the other. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it feels kind of like the start of a TV show, but it's really, I, I think really well written. Yeah. It's a, it's a done in one story. It f- almost feels like a pilot. You yeah. know, like you're saying, uh, 
Uh, and you know this, I, I I wasn't real clear on why there was the National Comics banner across the top of the comic, and you know because they're not clear on it. And of course, National was the the company that DC used to be, um, but. It, this is going to be a series to feature other aspects in the new 52 guys who don't currently have their own books. And so uh, <laughs> researchers that we are, we looked up for you, dear listener, that uh, uh, addition, beyond eternity, you're going to have Madame X, Rose and Thorn, and Looker uh, will each get their own issues. Yeah, I kind of like this idea because there are a lot of characters that – are out there that are interesting characters, but I don't want to see a whole series on them. Eternity is kind of one of those. I've I found the character interesting when he was in Teen Titans at one point, uh-huh. but I don't want to see him as a regular character. Just a one shot here and there. I like one shot stories. I always have. That's why I'm liking the uh, the digital Batman Legends of the Dark Knight so much. Except they're not really one shots now. They're three part stories. Well, the uh, I, I like the nature of the of the done in one shot. Um, I particularly love, you know, the the re-envisioning of this character written by Jeff Lemire, who does have such an indie feel to him on on the way he writes. Um, this it takes place in the in the New Fifty Two universe, but it seems removed from that. It seems like it's off in its own little world, uh, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that. I like that this yeah. is more of a street level kind of guy versus you know all the other nonsense that's going on in the new 52 i dug it i, I yeah. i'm looking and forward I, to the next issue. i won't spoil it but i love the ending that yeah. last page was uh that has me hooked to the point that i would read a another one shot for the character yeah i think this is a setup for a really good mini series um you know, will they ever? Yeah, and I think it depends on the sales and the fans. But yeah. I, I would read more of this character. Absolutely. You know, but, well, I'd read more of this character by Jeff Lemire. Yeah, and yeah. Cully Hamner. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, C- Cully knocked those pages out. Oh yeah, great and, artist. And the ending. I mean, he just he owned that last page. I mean, it was. I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was just fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. You know, um, sticking with DC books. Green Lantern number 11 came out this week. And Tim, you've been awfully quiet for a little while. So why don't you uh, – what did you think of Green Lantern number 11? So Green Lantern 11, the hype machine was kicked up. We read the, we read the, uh, you know, the, the comicsology blurb last week. This is Jeff Johns' best work, blah, 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 blah. And I'm a little confused. Now, I haven't been in, I haven't been in GL since the New 52. Mm-hmm. So – um, when him and Sinestro are talking about this third army thing, or th- whatever it was, the the Guardians are are gonna give up on Green Lanterns and they're gonna they're gonna start their next wave. Mm-hmm. You know, Manhunters were Alpha, Green Lanterns were Beta. You know, they're going into version three, and then Black Hand shows up. And I'm interested if Black Hand has to do with this third army thing. If they're yeah. going to reveal that that's part of it, I'm interested. If this is just another subway stop before we finally get to the the story that we all want to see, which is the Green Lanterns tossing the Guardians out on their little Smurf asses, I'm not as interested. I don't think Black Hand's going to have anything to do with the Third Army. I don't. I agree. Uh, it's the way everything's been set up. It it doesn't seem like it's related at all. It's just something that's come up. This is their way to free Black Hand, and now Black Hand's out there. Now, I do think that Black Hand will play a part in the Third Army storyline. 
I think he's just one more core that the Guardians are going to try to take out. Because the Guardians are taking out all of the cores right now. They're they're positioning and they're moving things behind the scenes. And a lot of that becomes even clearer in uh, New Guardians that I've been reading. But they are essentially attacking every one of the cores simultaneously right now. Leading up to this big third wave storyline. I, I'm pumped for the storyline. I can't wait for it. I uh, I haven't been hadn't been in Green Lantern before the new Fifty Two, but I'm loving every Green Lantern book I'm getting, which is only uh, Green Lantern and New Guardians. But both of them have been great. This is a really pretty book. I think it's well written. I I like the interaction between Hal and Sinestro, which you guys have said it was basically been the whole Green Lantern run so far. Yeah. But I'm not sure I want to be on board for this. See, I'm on board. This reads like a sequel to Blackest Night. Yeah. It, it, it very much feels like this is, you know, this is Blackest Night 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I wasn't really digging Blackest Night. So well, I, I was until the ending. So, I mean, let's hope, uh, they, let's hope they can stick the landing on this one. One thing I didn't like was that the Indigo Lanterns changed the connection between the rings. I kind of like that uh, Hal was basically just a puppet of Sinestro for the story. I thought it added a lot to it. Now he seems to be a full Green Lantern again. Yeah. Without his own battery, but still a full Green Lantern. No, I, I, I see your point. I I I don't know. I think it, I, I'm wondering how that works because it's not actually a Green Lantern ring. So, I mean, how does that work? How does he recharge and stuff like that? I'm sure it'll be explained, but I, I, I think it's good. I think they're building up to the Third Army storyline. And uh, if you enjoyed Blackest Night, but you haven't been on Green Lantern, you know, you may have a couple of questions like Tim, but overall, I think the book is enjoyable. Yeah. And all of the Green Lantern books seem to be building up to this. I mean, I'm not reading Green Lantern Core, but I have a feeling it's building up to the to the storyline too, because the two Green Lantern books I'm reading are building up to it. So I can only assume that all of them are building into this one huge upcoming story. Yeah, I got. I gotta say, I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend the book if you haven't been on Green Lantern. But I'm intrigued towards what the what they're building to. So man, I probably I probably will jump off until you know you guys give me the high sign that this is this is finally it for the storyline. So what I recommend is if we've uh, if all of our Green Lantern talks has piqued any interest, at this point Green Lantern number one has dropped in price noticeably on Comicsology. So any of the new fifty two that you didn't pick up at issue one, grab issue one of and give a try to. In digital format, Tim. No. So we talked about comedy earlier in the show. Let's talk about somebody who la- who la- who laughs a lot. That's before Watchmen comedian number two. I don't think he opened for Dave Coulier, though. I don't <laughs> think so either. Yeah. Well, and you know, I felt this was a good book, but I felt it could have been a great book, and just kind of, kind of, kind of let me down. How so? Well, <clears throat> you have all the seeds of greatness there. You've got the comedian going off to Vietnam. It seems like a great point to show kind of really how broken and, you know, after Kennedy dying in the first issue, how how kind of embittered and cynical and, and murderous he's probably become. And I don't feel like they really got that across. I mean, there are parts I liked about it, but I feel like they didn't – I feel like the Vietnam story was disjointed and didn't really click along. 
you know, he shows up, he has this meeting, he, 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 they fake a raid against a drug dealer, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> when he cracks up to show that uh, they're really allies now, you know, he's working with the drug dealers now. And, uh, but I just, you know, I like the whole kind of plot line that the uh, Vietnam War and the sinking of the U.S. destroyers that that pulled America more into the wall or was all mastermind by this group of uh, military officers and the comedian around this table this one night. But I just I didn't feel like it was clicking on all cylinders. I didn't feel like it really emphasized how how out there he was. And like when they're walking around patrol, and they're all talking. I mean, I've never served in the military or Vietnam, but. It seems like a bad idea to be walking around the whole night talking. Oh, that's exactly how it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, back. I know. We need my, our exposition to tell the reader what's going on, but I would rather have those panels just quiet as they snuck through, you know, uh, well, the forest. Well, back when I was in country, that's exactly how that happened. So well, yeah, that that would have been about about your age, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you know, I, I I kind of agree with you, Andrew. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a good book. It, it did not jazz me uh, nearly as much as issue one did. But I got to tell you what, what I thought was the superstar standout in this book was the art. Um, I, the, and in particular, the uh, coloring, the, the pages, you know, when they're, you know, uh, out on patrol, the, the way the pages are lit with the, uh, you know, when you've got flares going off in the sky and the gunfights, um, I just I love the the just very diverse color palette that's used in this book. Yeah, and if you had taken that page, you know, the one where they it's just a whole page. It starts out when the you know when they're when they're out walking. If you took away all those word balloons uh-huh. and just had them all, you know, they're out walking in the dark, looking around, going through the water, and then you know at the bottom they hear that snap. The comedian puts his hand up. If all that had just been silent, mm-hmm. I think that would have been much better. Mm-hmm. And then you know then he goes you know lighter up, and then you know they up the flare see the see the Viet Cong and then you know open up yep I do like I do like the kind of the uh, the whole you know backstory behind the air America and, and the drug running and the um, uh, well you know how are we going to get the president to commit to this war well maybe we should sink one of our own ships okay yep. <laughs> that'll do it well, I just I, I think that the you know the art team of of J G Jones and uh, you know doing the pencils and Alex Sinclair doing color is just fantastic. I mean, I love the the scene where you've got the the U S fighters you know launching oh, for, yeah. for the run, and I mean, so many people can't draw very cannot draw interesting uh, you know aircraft, and I mean the the just the the the, the artwork in this book is just fantastic. And you know, there's almost a, a photorealistic aspect to it. I just, I loved it. I it loved yeah, it. The, the art is beautiful in it. Yeah, I don't know. I picked it up in the store and flipped through it, and I was disappointed. It said comedian, but I couldn't find Tim in there anywhere. <laughs> well, you know, Tim is the ultimate comedian, but maybe we should talk about Ultimate Comics Ultimates number thirteen. Perhaps we should. So uh, this was the big return of uh, of Captain America to the uh, pages of the Ultimates. Yeah, and what a return it was! I I don't think I could have imagined a better way for Captain America to come back. Catches bullets with his teeth. Well, at least on the cover. <laughs> I mean, because that I mean, you know, I would never do that just because of how much money I've spent in, in dental over the year. I mean, yeah, I just I mean, I, you might chip a tooth doing that. And I'm, I'm just never going to do that. But hey, like, if Penn and Teller can do it, Captain America can do it. Well, that's right. 
That's right. So, you know, in the uh, in the the early pages of the book, you get a map of where we are in, in, in the nation right now in the ultimate universe. And of course, you know, to Texas, a nuclear power has seceded from the union and is poised to nuke uh, uh, the, the, you know, New England East coast area. You have, uh, you know, the anti-government militia hotspots in Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. So, you know, basically the Dakotas, uh, Wyoming, Arizona, New Mexico, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. And, uh, you know, you've got the West Coast, um, California, Oregon, and Washington. We don't know what their status is. Their status is what? It's unknown. And, uh, you know, you've got the Great Lakes states, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Tim. Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Ohio, again, status unknown. And then, you know, East Coast, New England, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, secured by the National Guard under Emergency Powers Committee. I mean, it's bad. It's bad what's going yep. on here in the Ultimate Universe. Except I took one thing differently than you did. The uh, nuclear-armed Texas, I don't think it was going to uh, to nuke New England. I think it's nuking where the Sentinels are because they're coming into the oh, yeah. uh, into Texas. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because I know if I had a nuke and I had to choose between firing at the robots that are trying to kill me or just the uh, the eastern seaboard where there's, you know, National Guard, I'd probably aim at the robots. Well, I think I, I think and speaking as the only Texan on the call, I'd nuke all of you bastards. <laughs> that, that's kind of my move. But uh, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about uh, the Ultimate Universe and you know Caps putting the band back together. You know the the uh, disenfranchised uh, Ultimate Heroes. You know who've really been largely ineffectual during this this conflict. You know see that Captain America has landed in New Mexico and is is shoveling out a big big serving a whoop ass. And uh, so, you know, Iron Man, you know, fetches Thor and they show up and, and help out. And so the Ultimates are going to are going to, you know, take it back. Yeah, and I love how they handle Captain America's return. He doesn't come back to the Ultimates. He doesn't come back to the government. He sees on TV that militias are killing innocent people. So he just shows up there. Yep. He shows up full costume, extra body armor, you know, l- loaded to bear, ready to save people. Doesn't make a big fuss about it. Doesn't you know go to the press. Doesn't go to anyone. He just shows up and starts taking back the country. Yep, that is ultimate Captain America to me. Yeah. Oh, so so did you like the book? I loved it. I uh, I've enjoyed this whole uh, divided we fall storyline as it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the massive changes they're making in the Ultimate Universe, and I like how all of these books are tying together. To set the new direction that we'll have after it. Now, no idea what this direction is going to be. But Did you buy this in print or did you just buy it digitally? I bought it in print. Okay. So I think they make a mistake in the digital version of this comic. You know, In the print comic, there is a full one-page comment from editorial about the story direction and the Ultimates. Which, I mean, I, I think it's great and it explains something that I've been a little concerned about is that they've really not engaged – you know, the Spider-Man, the ultimate Spider-Man universe in what's going on in the pages of the Ultimates and uh, 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 Ultimate X-Men. You know, you're not seeing it. It feels like different worlds. Well, they explain that, you know, that's coming on, in the print book. 
it is not included in the digital version. And I just huh. think that's a mistake. I don't see any reason why you would exclude that. Yeah, I mean, I guess they would. Would they? Do they exclude the letters pages in the digital versions too? I've seen them go both ways on that. I mean, there's no letters page in this book, so we can't right. compare. But right, but I've seen them go both ways on that. Like I'll see it in a number of the Amazing Spider-Man digital versions, uh, but not always. It's it's like sometimes they include it, sometimes they don't. You know, Walking Dead always includes it, hmm. or at least that's been my experience. But so far, I, like I said, I'm really loving the storyline. I'm liking seeing the uh, the U.S. government trying to put itself back together, and that we have uh, Carol Danvers as the new chief of staff because everyone else is dead. Yeah, it's just really enjoying this direction. I mean, it's the kind of thing we could never see in the regular Marvel universe. They do shakeups, but they wouldn't destroy Washington D.C. like this. Yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, you you rarely see this level of wanton destu- destruction in a regular uh, universe comic book, so it's it's nice to see it. And I'm I'm curious as to where it's going to go once the dust settles. Yeah, and like I said I like that Cap is back. So now here comes Tony and uh, Thor. That you know they are coming out of the woodwork because they saw Cap out there. He didn't call for him. He didn't have to. Right. He just started doing what he needed to do, and they're there. That to me is the that's the epitome of the Avengers. It's good stuff. So yeah. uh, a lot hey, of, a lot, uh, we, a lot we talked about this week. Yeah, it's good. this was a, a fully loaded uh, episode of Funny Books. Is anybody buying Hawkeye number one next week? Isn't that based on the is it is that is that regular Hawkeye? Is that movie universe Hawkeye? Well, it's regular Hawkeye. Okay. But I, I have to tell you something. Oh, here we go. It's the creative team from Immortal Iron Fist. Oh, is it Brubaker and Fraction? It's Fraction and David Aha. Aha! Oh, no, no Brubaker? No Brubaker. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. But, I mean, Brubaker was just for the first story arc in Iron Fist before Fraction took over. I don't think it was Brubaker the entire time. I'm not sure about the exact division of labor, but I do know that Matt Fraction the last two years. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. It's a concern. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I love that Iron Fist book. I, I, I love the Iron Fist book, too, as well, and I will, I will probably take a gander at Hawkeye number one, but... Uh, that anything with fraction these days, I get real nervous. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna go ahead and get it. Now, there's also Peter Parker Spider-Man issue 156.1. Um, as part of Spider-Man's 50th anniversary, they're doing point one issues following the last issue of every previous Spider-Man book. Sounds so like we got like a spectacular Spider-Man web of Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so Peter Parker Spider-Man number one comes out next week. Or number 156.1. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's written by Roger Stern. Nope. Oh, no. I'm not I'm not picking yeah. it up. If it's not Dan no. Slott, I'm not getting it. I am a huge Roger Stern fan, so I will flip through it and see Name what I think Name five things he's written. Quick. The Death uh. and Return of Superman novel. That's all I need. That's what got me, that's what got me into Superman was that novel. Jesus Christ. All right, Darren, you really had to you, you really had to bring that up again, didn't you? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm curious about it. I, I'll flip through it. It's it's two ninety nine, 
And uh, I, I don't know if it takes place. I, I don't know if it's kind of one of those things where it's supposed to take place after the first issue, or if it's a modern continuity or what. That's what I'm wondering about too. Is I don't know what the stories of any of these are, or when they're supposed to take place. So that's why I really need to flip through them. I've been rereading a lot of my older Spider-Man stuff, and I, if it is set in those time frames, it's more interesting to me. Well, yeah, exactly, because Peter Parker and Mary Jane will still be married. I'm curious about that. Holy but crap. Uh, I'll give it a shot. What's holy crapping? Well, I was just looking on Comixology, and this will be timely for our readers. Um, there is an irredeemable, incorruptible, three-day omnibus half-off sale going on 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 Comixology, and it expires Monday night. So, you know, if you're if you're one of our our early listeners to the show, uh, there's time to get it. But they are selling. Um, the first 19 issues of Irredeemable digitally for $15.99. Nice. At 481 pages worth of comics, and then Incorruptible, uh, the volume one, holy crap, 730-page digital omnibus uh, for 25 bucks. I mean, that is an awesome sale. I mean, I've got all of them, so I'm not getting it, but Wow. You That's know, an awesome I, sale. I think Comixology, if they're selling it digitally, shouldn't call it pages. They should they should say whatever the megabyte download is. Hey, I'm I just saying, Tim. I think that's your punishment. Digital <laughs> comics are the way of the future, man. Right. Yeah, Tim. As you can see, as you can see, I mean, it was what a is that true? Has it really only been a year ago since since DC went day and did not even a year since DC went day and digital? Right. It was yeah. last yeah. September. Mm-hmm. So here we are, ten minutes later, and look at how the digital comic place has exploded. Yeah, it's I exploded, Tim. It's exploded. Sure, kablooey. Boom. <laughs> <sighs> I know I'm reading far more digital than I thought I would be right now. I'm still reading more physical than digital, though. <laughs> uh, Tim's loving this conversation. <laughs> he did bring so it up. This is the end of the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>